This is Pop Culture Confidential, and I'm Christina Yerling Biru. Eric Anderson, Editor-in-Chief of Awards Watch, thank you so much for joining us again for our huge Sundance preview special and much more. Eric, welcome. I'm super happy to be here. It's a wild, wild day and it's a wild week. Yes, let's start there because just as we were getting started to, I mean, just minutes before logging on together here, um, we had the National Board of Review. Uh, There's been the Indie Spirits today. Give me your quick thoughts on that. Well, Netflix had a really, really good morning. (laughs) (laughs) Don't they always though? (laughs) They kind of do. Well, you know, they've, they've, they've mastered the art of being able to find the way to qualify pretty much everything. And with the Spirit Awards, they have a budget uh, restriction of $22.5 million has to be the the production budget. They Uh don't really have one for, you know, marketing and all that, which is where Netflix can really kind of build upon. But, and then it also has to be a a U.S. production. So this morning, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom did extremely well uh, with the Spirit Award nominations, got four acting nominations, just wild. Yeah, I love that movie. I think the ensemble is incredible. So that makes me happy. It was it was a it was a great Spirit Awards nominations this morning. Um, overwhelmingly uh, female and and BIPOC, which is tremendous. Four of the five director nominees are women. That's the first time in the thirty six year history Amazing. of the Spirit Awards that that's happened. And the male nominee nominee is Lee Isaac Chung. It's, it was tremendous, great set of nominations, but also too, you know, when you, when you're, you're looking at, at these and especially this year, there were a lot of surprising snubs, like no Carrie Coon or Vanessa Kirby. And you're just, you're looking at these going, wow, this must've been really tough this year. And Spike Lee won National Board of Review, right? Yeah, that was a little bit of a surprise. I was, I was predicting the trial of the Chicago seven, just being so timely and that's they it's something that the nbr like and they ended up snubbing that entirely which was a, a bit of a surprise surprise it wasn't even in their top 10 films i i was shocked mm-hmm. uh but i love that defy bloods won here spike lee won director he's only the second black director ever uh to win and this group has been around since 1909 they are the oldest organization that gives out it was about time my goodness well i mean the first was barry jenkins for moonlight so they have some catching up to do they do well what we're doing today here is this is our sundance preview special and i'm really excited about it so we're going to talk about what we're expecting some of the films we're looking forward to and then we'll do a couple more shows when the festival's finally started and we've seen a few things so Obviously, we're not strapping on our snow boots and hobnobbing around Park City, Utah. This year is different. It's digital. It's online. What are your impressions of how festival director Tabitha Jackson and the others are planning this festival in the midst of the pandemic? Well, I'll, I'll say this much. The, the setup of the festival website, at least from the a press point of view, uh, was tremendous and extremely easy to use. 
very user friendly. Um, yeah, our, I was impressed. The place for all the press access is very easy, and you know, any contacts that we need, images, video, whatever we need. So in that regard, the virtual element of it is pretty fantastic. But at the same time, I've, I still feel really disconnected <laughs> from the concept of a film festival. And I think I will probably feel that way for, for the entire run of it. And it is a much shorter run, obviously, than, than what we're used to. But it's, um, I don't know, I'll have to I'll have to see what the overall experience is after February 3rd, but if it feels weird. I feel disconnected. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to evaluate. It does feel um, like they're doing their best. They're, they're doing all these sort of virtual parties. I even heard that there's gonna be a karaoke in some form. I don't know how that will be. And, and they're really trying to sort of get a feeling of you, you know, sort of unity and, and togetherness, but we'll see. Of course, there's, there's no way that it could be the same thing. Yeah, and I do agree with you. I think that all of the the fringe elements and and everything outside of just the films themselves, the organization uh, of it has been tremendous. There is so much; it's almost too much. I I must I must have like seventy five emails a day <laughs> that yeah. are Sundance related. I, I I get a little I get a little bit lost, and I try and 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 you know prioritize and and find you know I've got five people writing for awards watch uh at sundance this year and so i'm trying to keep all of that in order as well as as i'm being hit by hey please watch my movie and hey this event is is coming up so i'm i'm but i'm i'm, I'm really excited i might even try and go down to san francisco to the the the, the drive-in one of the satellite of um things yeah that doing. Mm -hmm. i think that would be really cool so, but one, another odd thing about this year, and it's award season, but because of the pandemic and the Oscars being pushed up, both Sundance 2020 and Sundance 2021 can, films from these two can be potentially eligible for the Academy Awards. So we'll have like a film like Minari, which premiered at Sundance in 2020, and now um, potentially movies from this festival as well. What's, what are your thoughts on this? I was curious to see how that was going to pan out because I, I, it was going to be difficult to see how something could premiere and then roll out quickly enough. But there are a few that are going to do that. There are a few things that have, that have already been at some festivals, but like Robin Wright's Land mm -hmm. will world premiere and then be out in in two weeks and that's eligible uh for this year's oscars and then a sort of a surprise announcement uh was judas and the black messiah is going to play i think it's february 1st and this will be its premiere but the, the, the thing the thing that's a little different is that each of those films already had their uh their release dates and studios. So we're not seeing what we would have seen in 2020, where, you know, a film might be looking for distribution and gets picked up and then it gets to go to other festivals and, and has a, a theatrical rollout and a awards rollout and that kind of thing that we normally see. So that we're not going to see this year because there, there, there won't be any 
studio indie or otherwise that's going to pick up you know an undistributed film and try and get it out right and have time <laughs> by for the that. February release date that just wouldn't that would be just irresponsible I think and in terms before we get into the individual films that we're looking forward to do you see any sort of theme this year in the programming of the festival well I think kind of like the the Spirit Awards and Sundance has been like this quite a bit anyway. Uh, we're definitely seeing lots of women directors, female fronted mm -hmm. films, uh, films for and and by and about people of color. So that is that is that is a, a focus and and it should be. <laughs> it just makes for an, a more all inclusive festival. All right, let's get into some of the movies that we're looking forward to seeing at this year's Sundance Festival. Do you want to start? Um, I was going to look at my schedule or I can start. and see what and see what I have. There's a, a there's a lot. There's a handful. I'm looking forward to um, passing from Rebecca Hall with uh, Tessa Thompson and Ruth Nega. I think that is a fascinating idea. Yeah, let me just tell a little bit what that's. Um, Tessa Thompson and Ruth Nega play two women it's in the 1920s, I believe, both um, African-American women who can pass as white. Um, and yeah, that's going to be interesting. I think Rebecca Hall, um, the actress who's the directing this, her mother was African-American, right? So I think this is a personal story for her. It is, and I, and I hope that when people approach the film and then they look at, you know, Rebecca Hall, they don't immediately go, why is this white woman directing this story? I hope that they give themselves a little bit of time to know who she is and her genealogy and her history. And it's in black and white, which I think is a very shrewd decision. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Another movie I'm looking forward to, which I think is interesting because that's sort of a theme. Quite recently, I interviewed Paul Racy of Sound of Metal, who is a coda. He's the child of deaf adults. And there's actually a movie I'm looking forward to, uh, one of the competing movies called Coda, starring Marley Matlin, Academy Award winner about a girl named Ruby, who's the only hearing member of her deaf family. So it's exactly this theme. Yes, and I'm looking for, forward to that too. That's on the first day. I think that might be my first screening. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. I mean, come here, anything with Marley Matlin, I, I'm like, give me it, give me it now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and another one, I know nothing about this director. He's a Spanish director called Pascual Sisto, a visual artist. I've never heard of him, but the movie's called John and the Hole. And I think the premise sounds so fascinating. It's a 13-year-old boy who discovers a bunker, like a hole in the ground, and, and, drugs his rich parents and sister and puts them in the hole. <laughs> <laughs> who, who among us has not wanted to do that? I mean, exactly. <laughs> this could be either totally crazy. And it's Michael C. Hall and Jennifer Freely, Teresa Farmiga. It's an incredible cast. I'm looking forward to that just based on the premise. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about this too. I... Yeah, the premise is wild and crazy and could be a lot of fun. And and I, I'm curious to see what the tone is going to be. I'm really excited for, for this as a directorial debut, especially for somebody that is such a visual artist. I, I think you can, you can find movies with just 
so much evocative and rich nature to them. I think of like like Tarsem, who mm-hmm. was a you know a music video director, and then did the Cell and and the the Fall, which are just two just gorgeous looking movies. So I'm I'm really excited for this. You already mentioned Judas and the Black Messiah. That's one. Of, I don't know if you've seen that already. I have. So that's Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield in a biopic about the Black Panther leaders, Fred Hampton and William O'Neill. What'd you think? Uh, I, I loved it. I think, I think Daniel Kaluuya is absolute fire. I mean, mm. he is incredible in this, incredible. And it is very much, it's very much like, I guess like the last King of Scotland where the quote unquote supporting player is just so, he just eats everything up. And even though this is Lakeith Stanfield's story and his character's story and he is the lead, uh, Kaluuya is as close to a co-lead as you could get, you know, in, in a film. And he just absolutely dominates. Uh, Dominic Fishback is wonderful she is she's great and i i can't wait to see more from her and it just has a great visual style cinematography is tremendous it's it's a great looking movie oh wow now i i can't wait um and you so is it oscar for kaluuya i think he is either one or two right now what else do you have on your list um let's see i've got Mass, which is a, like a mass shooting story, um, another directorial debut. And this is from Fran Kranz, who's an actor. He was um, on, oh my God, now I'm forgetting the name of the show. <gasps> oh my God, the Joss Whedon show, Dollhouse. And stars Anne Dowd, Jason Isaacs, and Martha Plimpton. Reed Bernie, great cast. Really, really great cast. Incredible cast. Um, Seems like a very tough it does <laughs> and it's an interesting thing that we have not seen very many stories about this despite the fact that it's been its own pandemic in the United States for decades now um, and I think it's because it's it's probably very difficult to do a story like this without either trivializing it or making it overly sentimental. And I, I, I feel like it's just a really, really thin line to thread. So as, as a first time director, I am, I'm really anticipating this because, you know, it, it could go very, very wrong or it could just hit exactly the right note Massive, that it needs, yeah. to, needs to do. And I, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. On the other side of that, the, a movie called How It Ends, written by Zoe Lister-Jones and Daryl Wine, about an ast- it's about an asteroid scheduled to obliterate Earth. <laughs> and Liza, played by Zoe Lister-Jones, invites people to a last party or something like that, like a pre-apocalyptic comedy. And it has an incredible cast too, Helen Hunt, Fred Armisen, Olivia Wilde, Nick Kroll. That could be funny. <laughs> yeah, and I think it might be, you know, the kind of thing that is a great breakup for your Sundance viewing schedule. 
because you know not everything can be about mass shootings and and grief you know you, right. you have to you have to have your your you know coming of age stories and your comedies and your things that just allow you to to move around the emotional landscape <laughs> So uh, you mentioned Land. I'm looking forward to that. So that's Robin Wright's directorial debut. Yes, I saw that. Okay, what was that like? It's okay. <laughs> it's yeah. It's um, it it's okay. It's also about a tragedy, right? She's a recluse. It it is a tragedy, and and life. and they're 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 very vague about it, even in the movie for a little while. So I don't want to reveal anything here. <sighs> you're going to find little elements of everything from nomad land to the revenant in this. Um, yeah, I mean, I I say those with, with the caveat that, you know, you're not going to see the extremities of the revenant in, in it, but there are elements of, of each of those. And unfortunately, I, I think that it suffers a little bit because of it. It's a really small story, which is fine. It's great, which is, you know, kind of perfect for Sundance. But I, I just wasn't all the way there with it. That's, yeah. It's, 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 it's fine. It's a fine movie. That's. Well, I'll give you, I'll give you my review next time we talk about it. <laughs> Not sold. You didn't sell me. I know. <laughs> it sounds like I'm really just hammering it home there. Yes. And then there's a couple of docs that I'm really looking forward to. Uh, the Rita Morena one, of course. And the Alvin Ailey one are, are my, my two prior doc priorities. And, 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 and I don't think I'd be able to, to go through any festival without a crazy Nicolas Cage movie. And thankfully, Sundance has one. <laughs> um, They're even warning for blood and gore on this one in the program. Did you see yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not rated yet. So yeah, it has the contains extreme violence and gore. And it's like, you don't need to tell me that. It's a Nicolas Cage movie. I know that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking forward Prisoners to that. Prisoners of Ghostland. Yes, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That should be an absolute crazy, crazy shit show of fun yeah what does it say gunslingers lethal swordsmen vengeful ghosts in a deranged desert cult i mean that sounds like the last full can we ask for i mean that's like the last four nicholas cage movies put together so that's perfect i'm I'm down for that (laughs) so that i'm looking forward to that too and again one of those things that's gonna allow you to kind of navigate you know the the types of movies that Sundance has to offer and and just have some fun too. So do you want to leave it there for this little talk? I think so because because once we once we kick off we can we can come back and and talk about what we've seen and and what we like right. and and we'll be doing that throughout the the shortened festival. That sounds perfect. Um, I'm looking forward to it. It's a good group of movies, and this was just a little taste of what what one can see. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much, Eric. Mm-hmm. We'll talk again in a few days. Yeah. Hi there. I'm Heather Drago. And I'm Sarah Saunders. We host the podcast, That's a Hard No, about saying no and setting boundaries. So you can become that true and empowered you that this world needs. Saying no isn't just okay. It's the key to living an authentic, fulfilling life. I'm a licensed professional clinical counselor, 
So while this podcast is in no way a replacement for one-on-one therapy, I suppose I know what I'm talking about. I'd say so. We talk about learning to say no and set healthy boundaries and how it impacts mental health, physical health, relationships, parenthood, and more. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit our website, hardnopodcast.com. We're here to help you find your no and say it unapologetically. That's a hard no.